Initializing host playback. Welcome to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast, a podcast about all things metal and everything in between. It's a new year, a new season, and that means some new bullshit we're trying out. The YouTube viewers definitely know what I'm talking about with that one. We've got video, and that means that hopefully it'll stick around. If it doesn't, I will lose my shit. Coming up in a few short moments, Colin Sterling of Thrasher's Paradise is back to talk quarter two of 2023, plus Legendarium sits down to talk about evolving their power metal sound. In the Metal News Recap, a Slipknot show in Australia got a little too crazy, and will Rage Against the Machine reunite? Even Morello doesn't know the answer to that one. But coming up in a few short moments, probably the most all-over-the-place roster of styles from this week's new releases. All this and so much more, so let's not waste much more time and let's get into the show. I'm Tom McKay and this is the Metal Robot Podcast. So first up, let's take a look at the new releases from this past week. These are from the last week of quarter one of 2023, and we're doing something a bit different on the show here uh, compared to 2022. One thing that I'm glad that we're changing up here is we're cutting back on the quantity and focusing more on the quality. So last season, if you were not paying attention, if you didn't notice, we were doing a lot of four albums for 12 minutes. That was the, the goal. This time out, I'm going to cut it back a little bit. We're doing three albums in a much shorter time span just to make things easier for me in the writing process. And we're going to do the same thing in the new segment you'll see as we move along in the show. Okay, with that out of the way, let's take a look at what we've got first up. Dead End Finland's Victory. So here's the question. Where are these guys from? Hmm, can you guess? Because I, I, you'll never guess where it's from. I, I, I'll tell you right now. The answer is just, it blows your mind right there. Can you guess? That's right. Hogwarts. Okay, so right out of the gate, the sound holds up well with its melodic metal genre tag. Each song goes through the tones of using synths and vocals to give you something to latch onto the entire time. The guitars do it pretty well as as well. Many of the riffs, sometimes they'll be giving you a bit more of the melody than they will anything else. Songs like Northern Winds and Wounded and Bleeding set that up for you from the start of the album, and that style continues all the way until the end. Heavy Rain then comes on afterwards and shows a slightly darker side while still keeping somewhat consistent and cohesive to the rest of the album. It's almost like if your nerdy friend who likes a lot of Taylor Swift pulls out a pop evil song somewhere in their playlist. Okay, maybe not to that extreme. It's a fairly solid combination nonetheless, though emphasis of course is on the melody that keeps shining through on this album. The one thing about most Scandinavian bands I do enjoy, melody is usually the focal point for a lot of the song styles, no matter what genre they're from. No matter how heavy the album gets as well, it always ensures you have just a little bit of ear candy to keep you engaged. Though I'll admit I'm running through this album wondering when they're gonna start giving us a different synth tone or better drum production. Maybe it's just me, but the drums sound fake as shit. I, either that or they're severely underpowered. The power's essentially taken out of the drums. If they are real, then yeah, production's not gonna help them here. And I think that's really the biggest issue that I'm gonna have here with this album. You see, compositionally, they're doing fine for the melodic metal genre. They're doing okay, but aside from a different melody here and there from every single song, they all sound more or less the same with no real distinction between them. That in turn causes the album to drag on a bit or just kind of fade into the ether of the background. Which sucks because you start to really notice that about around the halfway point. At that point though it's too late and you're just kind of too lethargic to give a shit about what's going on next. Now don't get me wrong, again, compositionally, this is fine. There is some merit to each song. They're pretty good on their own for the melodic metal genre, infusing a mix of classical music with a bit of a death metal tinge. But otherwise, the over-reliance on cohesion and consistency, it just winds up being this album's downfall for me. It's not bad overall, but with an 11 out of 15, I just wish there was more to give here that really punched through rather than just meandered in the okay. That's just me, but let me know what you think. 
Uh huh. Yeah, I said most all over the place in the intro for a fucking reason. Dream spies out of this world. Welcome to the world of Dark Electro. Okay, so I'll keep this review pretty short and I might actually uh, stick with what I've written down here for the most part because this is not a style that I am very comfortable with reviewing properly and I'm very familiar with. This is way out of my jurisdiction and with good reason, but here's what I will say about it, okay? What I will say is that it's almost got a bit of an industrial vibe to it, something that is somewhat familiar to the metal genre, but is just different enough that it's something I'm not comfortable with tackling. Almost like it's a nine inch nails kind of vibe. Maybe, maybe. Don't hold me to that. The emphasis is obviously on the electronica sound, but listening through, I can see why maybe a certain breed of metalhead could get into this. Songs like Chosen One and Time to Die are very danceable and groovy, but they also don't shy away too far from the use of heavily distorted guitar riffs. Though of course, part steel, part human is more or less what you would expect from this style, keeping consistent in terms of the style and the vibe, but much more focused on the bare bones of electronic music. But songs like Fire do lean a lot heavier into the more of the the metal stuff that you would expect. Fill heavy drum work mixed with the sweet double kick, heavily distorted guitars once again, and that raspy distorted voice. But that said, the rest is still dark electro, whatever the hell that even means. Again, I'm trying very carefully to not be too definitive of this album because it's out of my wheelhouse. I am not an expert on this type of style, but listening through, I kind of liked it. From the perspective of a metalhead, it's almost like if you took the best of what worked with industrial metal, new metal, and alt metal, you took those elements and gave it to a synth nerd like Andrew Huang and said, make something. Yeah, chances are this is the result that you would get. Though obviously I'm sure I don't need to point this out, if electronic music is the last thing you want to hear, well actually you're not even going to be listening to this part anyways, because you're probably skipping ahead the second you heard the, the song playing. But yeah, die hard old school metalheads who are sworn to scorpions, iron maiden, and the like, you're going to avoid this fucker like it's the fucking plague, and that is fine. Overall, it's not bad. Again, I don't have a real informed opinion on the subject because this is not a style I'm familiar with, but with a solid 12 out of 15, hey, it'll suffice. If this is something that kind of piques your interest or if you want to form your own opinion, uh, definitely check it out to see if it may be your cup of tea. Necronomicon Ex Mortis and their self-titled debut EP. Now, hearing the name, I can already guess you're thinking one of two things. Either, hey, I like HP Lovecraft too, or, dude, Necronomicon is already a band. And you'd be right on both. But let me add some more confusion to this, okay? Let me add some more confusion here. So, uh, this band, Necronomicon Ex Mortis, is horror-inspired, much like HP Lovecraft is horror, and on top of that, they're an old school death metal band, much like the original Necronomicon, who is still active, by the way. Awkward, but the funny thing about these guys, A, they're American, not Canadian, America. and B, these guys went to fucking Berkeley. Yeah, you wouldn't know that really listening to this EP. This is old school death metal of the purest form, and that means any of the music theory Berkeley shit that all the hip jazz musicians use basically is thrown out the window for this. Yeah, great use of that college education, fellas. Okay, I'm over-exaggerating a little bit. That education might have actually come uh, into play here. While it's very obviously old school American death metal in the purest of all forms, the way these songs are composed show at least a hint, a hint, of people who do know what they're doing in terms of song composition. The riffs are dirty, yet the chaos is controlled. It is not just chaos for the sake of chaos. Also, the solos, while they have a hint of improvisation, they also feel naturally planned to work with the rest of the band. The drums are definitely on par with the classics, keeping up with the, you know, the fast hits and the blast beats, but 
also shifting time signatures so smoothly, so fluidly, there's no way it was by accident. And the vocals, well, okay, the vocals are not doing really anything that you haven't heard before, but then again, I think that might actually be a good thing here. Think about it. With old school death metal, you don't want anything that's too clean or too polished because that just kind of would clash with the rest. So yeah, that kind of leaves you with only really one option to try out an audition for a Halls commercial. And hey, I'm not complaining, it works pretty good here. So all in all, Necronomicon X Mortis's debut EP, in many ways, it proves itself to be one of the most interesting case studies that I think I've heard in the modern era in the metal genre when it comes to what they're doing here. What happens if old school death metal bands like Death and Cannibal Corpse had the skills, prowess, and technical ability of bands like Dying Fetus and Dillager Escape Plan? This is the result that you would get, 100%. In many ways, it's something that is, uh, that is even more reminiscent of the old school death metal era. Well, it's easy to think of bands like Six Feet Under and Cannibal Corpse when talking about old school death metal, we seem to forget that the musicianship that always existed was attached to it. The skill and talent that was always there was rife. I mean, just look at bands like Death or even Undeath, and it can show you just how awesome and talented these musicians can get. So overall, 14 out of 15, honest to God, I don't have anything really bad to say here. Go check it out. I can't wait to hear what these guys come out with next. <laughs> But of course, that's just my opinion of these albums, and I would love to know what you think of them. What do you think of these albums? Let me know. Know what albums I should take a rusty pickaxe to? I mean, take a look at next. Bad albums beware. Request them anytime online, and you can hear your favorites hacked to pieces. I mean, discussed. Why do I keep doing that? Discussed right here on the Metal Robot Podcast. You're listening to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. So anyway, since we are now getting into quarter two of 2023, I figured now would be a good time to start looking forward and giving a bit of a forecast as to what we're about to see over the next few months of this year. And to help with this cause, I broke into Colin Sterling of Thrasher's Paradise House and basically told him to play along with this entire bit or I would fuck his futon. It's oddly not the oddest request I've had for him. And you know what? Give him due credit. He played along like a champ. So here we go. This is the Lord of the Flat. <laughs> so here we go. Let's talk with the Lord of Thrasher's Paradise, Colin Sterling, on the Metal Robot Podcast. Colin, once again, I am back in person with you a second time on the podcast. I know. Welcome to my basement. I hope it's comfy enough for you. It's really comfy, man. I got to tell you, the couch is beautiful. I love it. <laughs> Okay, weird thing to say about my couch, but whatever, <laughs> The couch is beautiful, Colin. Dude, the we're on the dining room table. Just take it easy on my couch. I, okay, I, yeah, yeah. It's a futon, man. It's hey, you know what? Like, right home about. Hey, you know what? I'm a simple man. I'm a simple man. I see a futon. Speaking I of like it. Simple man. You did, you did bring me on to talk about albums from this year so far. <laughs> I am going to be upfront and honest with you, Tom. What's that? I've heard none of them. I'll be honest. I haven't heard a lot either. There's only so much that can really be talked about in terms of quarter one yeah. uh like there there were that's the weird thing colin there were some big names that did release a couple things oh wait i did listen to one which the one's new, that the new galnarius album mm -hmm. that japanese power metal band i i do like um give me a second i'll pull up the album title for you yes but there was a couple others as well i saw when i was looking at the names uh i saw corn release something i think pop evil but no one really cares about pop evil um who else? Nano War Steel released something. Oh yeah. I haven't. I haven't sat down. I've heard songs off of it, mm -hmm. but I haven't sat down and listened to the entire album. Yeah. Uh, yes. Oh, it's coming. Uh, Insomnium released something as well. Really? Yeah, I have not heard that either. There's a lot of things I did not hear. Okay, uh, the Galnarius album is called Between Dread and Valor. Between Dread and Valor. So yeah, well, I'll be checking that one out. Afterwards, because I love Nano War Steel. I that like no, you, Galnarius. Galnarius, sorry, Nano War Steel as well. But yeah, both are really good. Yes, no, they are. They are both truly entertaining bands. <laughs> They're both entertaining bands. Um, so that yeah, essentially, like this was this was going to be a recap of quarter one of 2023. But yeah, we haven't really heard a lot. And frankly, I, I'll be honest, not a lot of it is piquing my interest too too much. There's a little bit that I do want to check out at some point, but. 
honestly, like I, a lot of it is just like, it's almost as if it just kind of came out and that was it. Yeah. Like there wasn't really a lot of uh, hype real estate for it. I don't think. No, I get what you're saying. And um, well, I know um, Kitchener Thrashers uh, Invicta are releasing an album at the end of this month, March 30th. So I'm very much looking forward to hearing that. And Raider is coming out with a new album this year. Yes. And by the time the the podcast comes out, the new Invicta album will be out. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure if that's actually on my review list, but I will definitely check it out and maybe do a shorts review, something yeah. for Instagram, something for YouTube. Yeah, why not? Yeah, because that's uh, Invicta's great. I got, I got one of their shirts. Of course, I'm going to check them out. Uh, <laughs> so it's kind of a requirement at that point. <laughs> so quarter one, it is what it is. What are we seeing coming up in quarter two, though, that is piquing our interest? Or at least, whether good or bad, which ones are are we seeing that we're going to be thinking, huh, that's interesting. Raider. Raider, of <laughs> that's course. That's all I know off of heart right now. I've been very busy, Tom. Yeah. I've been very busy with life. And life, yeah. So I'm not 100% sure what all is coming out. I hope you have a couple of things to say about what out bands are releasing something in quarter two. Okay, so there's a couple I know. Like, first of all, anything I'm, I've got set up for review, I'm excited for. Power Wolf is going to be releasing one next week. Yeah. An album? Yes, Wait, I think. What kind of album? I need to pull up my phone for it, but I have it listed. I have it set up for a review. Is it a live album or is it a full length? I think it's a full length. I'm going to have to. They're double. releasing another new album. I think so. Yeah, I just I've not heard too much hype about it. But no. well, they've been well, not well, not hype. It's like I have not seen the marketing for it. But all I know no, is not I, even that. Just they've been on tour right now in America. Yeah. So they've been pretty busy with other stuff. Let me, yeah, in that case, let me, let me double check that right now. I've, I'm just pulling up the Wikipedia page for that. But Power Wolf is coming out with something that was set up. Metallica as well has something coming out. Metallica's releasing something? Yeah. Have you been hearing any of the new stuff? No. There no. is new stuff. Yeah. And as expected, Metallica fans be Metallica fans. And they're just, uh. Anything and, after the first four albums isn't good. Basically, if it's not like, if it's not making them cream themselves, they're not interested. Okay. So let me just let me just uh, scroll down to it. Uh, find Power Wolf. I saw it in here. Uh, Power Wolf. Yeah. So Power Wolf. All it's, it doesn't say if it's an EP or uh, anything. It says uh, Interludium is a new album from uh, Power Wolf. It's coming out next week. I believe. Okay. Uh, what else is coming? I'm just looking here. But I, I would. I am very excited. I'm a big Power Wolf guy. Oh, like you introduced me to Power Wolf. Yeah. I and I, I love Power Wolf. So I love Power they're Wolf. They're releasing something new. I'll definitely listen the hell out of it. Um. Yeah. You know of or are physically aware of this form. So I'm looking. Just. <laughs> I saw. I saw. I saw somebody. Uh. Uh. Pedro from A and P reacts. Post a post a joke about this one. Uh. Iced Earth is coming out with an EP. What? <laughs> yeah. For, still a band. Yeah, and so I, I I remember this because Pedro made the joke on Facebook. He's like, the EP is called I Walk Among You, <laughs> which is a little on the nose there, Schaefer, a little on the nose. But Pedro, is Schaefer still in the band? I mean, I think he is the band, honestly. There's no there's no way you can have Iced Earth without Schaefer. But I love the joke that Pedro made. Really? Uh, I, I'm misquoting here heavily, but it was basically something to sum it up. It, the joke was uh, the album is called I Walk Among You dot 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 with an ankle monitor was taken out of the title <laughs> i will not be listening to new eister honestly i was never into eisters to begin with i mean same here i mean for me horror, horror show horror mm-hmm. show was a great album that's it yeah aside from that like is there really anything from eister aside from that that that's worth checking out i mean let's be honest here if we're looking at anything that schaefer was a part of in ter- like demons and wizards were you li- would people listen to like demons and wizards was probably the best thing that schaefer was doing but that's about it. And like Iced Earth is, I guess, okay for power metal. They're, they got big not, for a reason. They're not our cup of tea. Exactly. But it's also like, that's the weird thing is like with Demons and Wizards, if we're looking at some great power metal stuff, like uh, Blind Guardian is a big, you've got to love power metal. Their new album is amazing. Their new album is amazing. Absolutely. Um, is it The God Machine? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That, that album is really, really good. I heard it. I heard it recently. Again, amazing. This, it's a second time around. Absolutely, yeah. Such a good comeback album for Lion Guardian because they haven't released anything for a while. Oh, 100%. Uh, and especially, like, if we're not going to get another Demons and Wizards album, I, Demons and Wizards fans are going to get a kick out of Blind Guardian, I think. In terms of quarter two, like, there's still more albums. I'm, I'm scrolling through the list here. Uh, 
The Acacia Strain is releasing two albums by the looks of it. Okay. The Acacia Strain's cool. Yeah. They're like pretty good metalcore. Yeah. Uh, the Amity Affliction, I'm not no. excited for, no. Never heard of them. Uh, here's one I thought was really funny. So Cattle Decapitation is coming out with a new album. Okay. Terracite. Oh. So the, and this is what, here's what I know about this. Okay. I obviously, Cattle Decapitation, it's what you're going to expect, but they've been making the rounds recently because the album cover is like, people were making the comparison of like the main figure, the main like the main subject of the album cover. They were comparing it to A Bug's Life. Uh (laughs) Like the the Disney movie. Yeah, yeah. And so like Cattle Decapitation just leaned into it. They have merch based around that too. I got to pull it up and show you. It's so fucking funny. Just how... How much they're leading into it, how much they're just loving the joke of, hey, new kettle decapitation, a bug's life, <laughs> a bug's life near you. It's so fucking funny. Uh, Devil Driver. They're still around. They're st- somehow. I don't know how. Wow. I for- That's a band name I haven't heard in the in yeah. once in the dog year. Well, what, what, are you, what do you think of, D- of Devil Driver I, I when you were like listening? Them. I think yeah? I like their music, but I've I, been I, like, I didn't realize they still release stuff. Yeah, I know there's, like, okay, they have a rabid fan base. Oh, wait. They did release something. They've been releasing albums still for a while. A year or two ago. Yeah. I I know, I know. I know the cover of it. It's like the Grim Reaper. It's brightly colored and all that stuff. I haven't heard it yet. Yeah. Um, Winter Kills, I love. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm trying to think of the, oh, Fury of. I, I, I'm drawing ranks. You're drawing, yeah, yeah. album titles by. That's okay. But no, I. They were one of the first metal bands I really got hardcore into. Oh, no kidding, huh? Them, Trivium. They have, a, they have a pretty hardcore fan base, and understandably so. They're really good melodic death metal, and especially with uh, a really a pretty good new metal vocalist at the front. Yeah. Because, like, the guy was from Cold Chamber. Hello? Yeah. It's pretty good stuff. I personally never got that far into them, mostly because I, maybe it's just me. I heard better melodic death metal elsewhere, and these guys I, are good, but it's like, I don't no, they're kind of doing the same thing over and over again. It's kind of it kind of gets old for me. Sleep token. That's quite a name. They <laughs> they have sleep a new, token. Sleep token. They have an sleep token. token or token token. You never heard of these guys? No. Sleep token. They have a new album coming out that's on the nineteenth of that, May. That is a stoner band, right? Definitely a stoner band. Okay. Yeah. Okay, because they sound like. A- uh, there's a couple others. It looks like uh, this. I'm I'm currently in May right now. By the way, on the 26th, we're seeing um, Immortal. Yo, I'm definitely going to check that fucking thing. Yep. I love Immortal. Norwegian black metal band. They're releasing the new album is War Against All. They're releasing it May 26th. Uh, There's a couple others here. I don't recognize many of these names, but maybe maybe you know some of them. Legion of the Damned. Nope. Magnus Rosen Band. Nope. Metal Church. Yeah, they're an older band. They got an album that day too. Uh, Congregation of Annihilation. Okay. Serenia. Eh. Trespass. Nope. Uh, so that's basically May. I'm not seeing a whole lot. I see. I do see Veil of Maya in May as well. Oh wow. Uh, there's yeah no another one is still around. Uh, and this one I'm kind of curious about. Botanist. There is sort of like they're another black metal project, but it's like a bit more acoustic based. Oh. So it's not, so it's like, it's black metal, but without the distortion. It sounds pretty good. That's uh-huh. at least, that's the best way I can describe the debut album. I will want to hear that. Yeah. I don't know if that's the sound they're going with for the new album. I think they may have changed their sound a bit, but that okay. was the sound I was hearing with the debut. Okay. Uh, so yeah, there's that. Uh, this is interesting. What? Def Leppard with the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. Oh dear God. <laughs> Let's just end this segment right here. On yeah, really. Yeah. End it right on that one. But uh, yeah, that, that yeah, that's Def Leppard. We're, we're done. We're done. Jeez. I wish. Yeah, we do have one more month. Okay, June. June. Yeah, forgot. So June. Th- yeah, June. This is what we were. T- that's we were talking about this. Uh, we pl- I, I, we were talking about this uh, on the road here uh, earlier. But Event Sevenfold is releasing an album. I'm not gonna June second. You have no plans. I've already, okay, for, if you follow the YouTube channel, you already know I did a reaction for the, the first single, Nobody. Yeah. Um, and my first thoughts, I, I dived into a bit of like, it's weird, but I'm curious to see where it's going to go. Yeah. But what I didn't dive into of that one, and this is something that I think you and I can discuss here, is like, this is giving me massive, massive, like, r- whiplash to the, the time when the stage came out. Okay. Not in terms of the sound, but in terms of, like, how it felt listening to it. Because as, I'm, a, I'm a, keep in mind, Event Sevenfold is my immediate gateway band. Yeah. 
The Ven Sevenfold was the band, aside from, of course, Three Days Grace. A Ven Sevenfold was the band that got me into metal. Yeah. So I knew most of their discography before the stage was even announced. And I, it took me a while to sit with the single before the album came out. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, when the album came out, it became like my favorite album from that year. So, but it took time to really get into it. And I think that was kind of the point. Here, I'm getting that effect again with this new single, but I think it's, it's more potent this time around, if that makes sense. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I am curious to see how the album's going to go, yeah, but I'm, I'm a little worried. Okay, yeah, that's fair to be worried. You know, it's your favorite, one of your favorite bands. They're, yeah. They're a band that have a special place in your heart. And well, not only that, but it's also like, it's so. I can understand your standards being a bit higher for them. Well, not only that, but it's again, like the same feeling of like what I was getting with the stage this time. It's a bit different because this with the song, nobody, I know you haven't heard it, Colin. Nope. Uh, (laughs) You don't plan to, Um, but (laughs) but the song, it sounds so different from event sevenfold, at least like no matter how many times they change their sound. Yeah. Okay. There's consistency of some kind. You will, you can play any song from them and you will recognize it of some, in some form. Yeah, of course. This time it's really hard to pin this as an event sevenfold song. And that reminds me quite a bit of Hail to the King. Oh dear God. Not in terms of this, God, no, not in terms of the sound, but the fact that event sevenfold's Hail to the King sounded the least like an event sevenfold album compared to everything else. And now I'm getting, <laughs> now I'm getting that same feeling no, again. Yeah. So I'm, I'm concerned, but I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm cautiously optimistic okay. for the new album. I gotta be, I'm an event sevenfold devotee. I gotta be. Yeah. So that aside, <laughs> there's honestly, there's so there, like, that is the only thing that's really like, I know that uh, there's this one, the album wasn't officially announced, but Vintercy is coming out with something. Uh, I showed you one of their songs. I can't remember like how much, how much of their discography you actually went into afterwards. But they're like a, they're a Portland, Oregon band. I okay. got to get them on the show at some point. Yeah, why not? Go yeah, for it. Yeah, the, their guitarist follows me on uh, on social media. So I got to I gotta get in touch and be like, hey, yeah. guys, come on the show. Yeah. But, but those guys, like, they released a new single recently. And it's like, if you like blackened death metal, melodic metal, oh, my God, get, in, get into that song. I can't wait for that new album. Is that I, good? It's really good. Okay. I don't know when it's coming up, when the new album's coming out. They haven't announced that yet. But I'm excited to hear that. I'll take your word for it. Uh, why is this one? I'm look, I'm just looking at the list right now. Same day as Event Sevenfold, Buck Cherry. Oh my. <laughs> I feel old. I feel old. Why? There's Country road. <laughs> yeah. How? Good question. I don't know. Oh my God. <laughs> how? That is a question for the ages. I don't know how we we're still- We have to review it together. Yes. Let's oh do my it. God. Let's do I'm it. Bring- yeah, we're doing it. We're we'll doing do a- that. We'll do a live stream. We'll do a live stream. <laughs> <laughs> you can hold me to it. I will sit down for a live stream of the album with you on the day yes. I am off. That would be something for sure. Jesus. What's the, what's the same day? I don't know if you- you might know these guys. Glory Hammer. Oh, God. Yeah, the there's... Unicorn album. <laughs> Jesus. Yes, I know Glory Hammer. Return to the Kingdom of Fife is the new album. Same day as Avenged and, Bu- and Buck Cherry. Uh, wow. What? Who else? What an interesting day for metal. Yeah, yeah. That'll be. I can't. I can't wait to schedule that entire episode. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, Godflesh. The the black metal band. The, yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. Who yeah. Godflesh. Uh, new I've album. Heard of Godflesh. Yeah. We're still in June. A uh, new album's Purge. Okay. So that's okay. How much of Godflesh are you like? Do you are you familiar with? I haven't heard. Okay. I, I am aware of the band's existence. I just yeah. <laughs> Okay, this one I'm actually I'm I'm still we're close to the end of the month here, but what? Uh Thy Katafalk. This is a band I've reviewed on the show before. They're so they are vi- experimental prog kind of like weird out there music. It is You're so- telling me that. Just look at their name. Yeah. <laughs> the last two albums were phenomenal like 15 out of 15 hands down albums wow yeah but they are they are so not for like if you're okay if your main speed is stuff like maybe system of a down metallica uh any of like the mainstream bands you're going to shit your fucking pants with this band they are that expressive stand up right now he's like he's like i'm getting ready for it what yeah what exactly what exactly it's the only way to describe that <clears throat> there's no other way uh, but that's basically what we've got coming up. Pure Maze is one I'm excited for too, but it's also like, it's Pure Maze. 
So based on everything we just talked about, uh, we could, like we got a couple couple minutes here. I think immortal, immortal. Were you going to ask me which one am I most interested in? Like which ones? Which ones stuck out to immortal. you most? Immortal, immortal. I'm a, I'm a big. I don't. I'm not a big black metal guy, but I love immortal. Oh, immortal is going to be like that's going to so be a big. One. I'm definitely looking forward to some new immortal. Yeah, I, I think Power Wolf is going to be a, is going to be one I'm excited for too. If it gets it, if it if they de- if they delay it, I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I, I I always love Power Wolf, so I'm always down for some new Power Wolf. Exactly. What about you, Tom? Uh, the again the Event Sevenfold one. I'm 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 most intrigued by but i'm mostly just like i'm i'm excited for power wolf yeah i'm excited for modal i want to i really want to know when the new vintage is coming out and (laughs) i want to see the chaos we can come up with when buck cherry releases the album that (laughs) buck cherry buck cherry oh my god that is uh oh no no iced earth i'm kind of i'm kind of curious to see what's going to end up happening i don't no I'm not going to listen to it, but I'm curious <laughs> to see. I'm curious to see what the what the reactions are going to be like I'll, online. I'll I'll, I'll I'll wait to read it on Loudwire or Injection. <laughs> we have to see what happens. So, Colin, that's it for this topic. Thank you so much for coming on this episode. Always a pleasure, starting my up, dude. starting up the 2023 season of the Metal Robot Podcast with you. I'm so glad to have you back, man. I'm so glad to be back, Tom. It's always fun hanging out with you. So that was our look forward into the next few months of albums for 2023. And I got a question for you. What stuck out the most for you for good or bad reasons? Why? Why not? Let me know. I'd love to hear from you. I'll give you a bit of a tease right now, though, before we move on. Uh, Me and Colin actually did record another segment while I held him captive in his own basement. We talked about albums that maybe did not gel with us at first, but then we slowly learned to love. These albums grew on us over time. That's coming up in a couple of weeks, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss out. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to get straight into this week's biggest news stories in the metal world. This is the Metal Robot Podcast. Ever wanted to take Metal Robot interviews on the go, but had this happen? Dead? I charged this last night, for fuck's sakes! (laughs) Well, we can't solve a bad phone battery. You can take the interviews you love with you wherever on MRP Throwbacks. Be sure to hit save for when you want this on your evening drive to the venue. I'm just a troll. Like, I just I just don't give a, a crap. Can I say that? <laughs> uh, honestly, I've been saying fuck this entire time, so by all means. <laughs> MRP Throwbacks, only on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. 15 plus artists. Multiple cultures. Multiple languages. One almost unpronounceable name. Homoyoisios. Homoy mother. What the fuck does it say? It's pronounced homoyoisios. How? There's 20 O's. It's Latin. What'd you expect? The ultimate collaboration project of 2022. Homoyoisios. A symphonic, death, blackened, thrashing, grooving core fest. What genres? This week's metal news recap has been slapped together by battle jacket wearing monkeys high off ecstasy injected bananas. Someone may have also given them tequila. I don't know. Join the chaos. Post your takes of the week's biggest stories with the hashtag MRP News. Now, back into the podcast. Presented by TheMetalRobot.com. This is MRP News. Welcome back into the podcast. We are now at the Metal Robot News Desk, and we are here for the recap of the biggest... That was going somewhere. I don't know what I was trying to do there, but we're going to recap the biggest news stories of this week. And as mentioned in the intro, we're going to cut things back from the previous season uh, to focus more on the quality than of the quantity. And thank God we're doing that too, because I, I am so tired, but you know who's not tired? Whoever the fuck this dude is. What the hell am I looking at right now? Okay, so two questions right out of the gate. One, how the hell did you climb up there? And two, why the hell would you want to climb up there? Why not first? We made it stop the show because there's people up in the air. Everybody that's up in a tower needs to get down. 
So funny thing, when I was looking for stories to cover on this week's show uh, for this segment, I saw the headline for this story on metal injection. And the first thought that came to my mind was, how the hell did a Slipknot show get too crazy for fucking Slipknot? We're talking about a band, okay, that has set themselves on fire and been hit by their own equipment more times than there are syllables in Spit It Out. Well, actually, there was a good reason for that being the case, because it wasn't necessarily the band or especially Sid, who was on top of that PA tower. Let's be honest. He would definitely be the one to do that. Guess what? It was actually just some random dude. Yeah, some random dude uh, who, I don't know, I guess just wanted a better view. But the problem with that, as the Metal Injection article rightly pointed out, the that dude is one subtle breeze away from being a dummy turned pancake. And if that happens, not only will the dude probably be dead and or dying, but the event organizers, the event organizers and possibly even the band could be found liable if the fan's family decide to sue. Okay, let's make sure we don't do that again. So yeah, it makes complete sense why they would want those guys off the PA tower. It's extremely dangerous for a multitude of different reasons, physically and financially. Because remember, no matter how stupid the stupid get, they'll never be as stupid as the stupid who allows the stupid to happen in the first place. I can't take you crazy motherfuckers anywhere, man. Jesus Christ. Okay, so I did mention that I am cutting back on the amount of stories I'm covering, and I definitely am, but I wanted to get this one quick out of the way. Richard Christie, ex-death drummer, apparently is drinking rat shit coffee. Okay, so it's a bit more complicated than that, actually. Uh, essentially, instead of simply roasting the coffee beans like a normal person, what civet coffee is, is essentially feeding the coffee beans to this uh, rat-like animal and allowing them to digest the beans and then fishing the beans out of their feces, out of their shit, and then roasting those beans. The reason being, maybe there is a weird thing that happens in the digestive tract of these animals that gives it a better taste. I don't know. That's what Richard's telling everybody, and I think he's a bit fucking nuts. You're drinking something that came out of a rat's ass? Seriously? <laughs> no, I mean, really? It's, it's the best coffee I've ever had in my life, Howard. It but it's not coffee. Smooth. It's shit. <laughs> well, right. I think they wash it, Robin. I would hope. But <laughs> what do you, mean? you wash it, it becomes coffee. It doesn't become <laughs> coffee. <laughs> Robin, if you eat some coffee beans and shit them out, I would probably drink the coffee from those beans. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about, Christy? Who the fuck drops that into a conversation with anybody that they know? Yeah, you know, dude. Uh, I gotta tell you. I would totally drink your shit if you turned it into coffee. <laughs> that is the kind of statement that is only asked by people who have probably asked weirder requests and weirder things to other people. I know exactly what that's like. Don't worry, Colin. I promise I will not actually fuck your futon. The Power Trip Festival lineup has just been released this past week, and not only is it really small, it's also fucking huge at the same time. So the festival as a whole has three nights, and each night has only two bands per night. That's it. That is the six bands in total. That's the entire lineup for the entire festival time. But given the fact that there are some heavy hitters involved, yeah, I'm not surprised that these guys were just looking at their lineup going, GNR, Iron Maiden, ACDC, Ozzy Osbourne, Metallica, and Tool. Yeah, that's all we fucking need. And you know what? They're definitely right. Now, tickets uh, at the current moment will set you back just under 600 bucks for all three nights. And that's just to attend the festival. There's other stuff, of course, that you could pay for. But still, with six under 600 bucks for three nights, that's a fucking steal if you think about it. First off, just that fucking lineup. But also, the fact that ACDC and Ozzy Osbourne are returning to the stage on the same night, yeah, that will sweeten the deal 100%. So yeah, I mean, uh, if you're in town or you plan on traveling to the Coachella site this October, 
Now you could definitely take a look at this lineup and see what you're working with, and you can definitely decide from that point forward if it's worth it or if it's definitely worth it. And finally, the fate of Rage Against the Machines touring days is currently up in the air. And even Tom Morello doesn't know the answer to whether it'll change. So okay, quick recap, Rage Against the Machine kicked off their reunion tour last summer with oh, a hell of a thud. The first day of the show, first day, first show, trouble started rearing its head with Zack De La Roca tearing his ACL on stage in Chicago. They then had to cancel their European tours just in case of any issues, also to give Zack enough time for some physical therapy. But problem turns out the injury was worse than they originally thought. So they actually had to cancel the rest of their North American tour as well. Now, since then, things have been pretty quiet on the band's part. They haven't really been saying anything. And at this point, it is unclear if things were getting better or worse for the band, and especially for Zach De La Roca. That silence didn't quite help the band, though, as they were then nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, as apparently being quiet when you're possibly getting nominated for this particular thing is something that somehow people still care about. But recently, that silence was broken in an interview with Rolling Stone magazine where Tom Morello confirmed that, hey, your guess as to what's going on is as good as mine. But basically, he's of the mindset of, even though I don't exactly know what's going to happen in the future, there's definitely not going to be anything coming up pretty soon. Quote, we'll see. If there is to be any more shows, we will announce it as a band. I don't know. I know as much as you do, honestly. Right now, we're in a time of healing. I'm in a time of making music and doing a bunch of stuff. Now, to be clear, though, Morello did want to hammer home the point that Rage is not on hiatus. They are not on hiatus. But of course, any shows that were going to happen, eh, they're not going to be happening anymore, at least not within the foreseeable future. But hopefully, hopefully we'll hear something soon. Although much like many of the Rage Against the Machine fans, yeah, I'm not holding my breath on that one. And that, of course, wraps it up for our Metal News Recap. What are your thoughts on the stories that we just covered? Is there anything we may have missed from this week? Let me know. I'd love to hear from you. You're listening to all right, let's move on. That sound that you're hearing right now is the sound of our next and final special guest for tonight's show coming all the way from the Netherlands. I'm talking, of course, about the power metal duo named Legendarium, the two-piece project featuring Lawrence Kerboff of the Netherlands and drummer Stefano Vercari from Italy. Their latest album is Death's Hand in Yours and sees a noticeable shift, noticeable shift within the band's sound. Of course, aside from the obvious change with bringing in death metal influences to a power metal project, this album has a lot of weird stuff that they brought into it, that they kind of just jam-packed into this album. And I want to hear more about what the decision-making was behind that uh, in terms of making the sound much more experimental than before. So to talk about all this and so much more, I'm happy to welcome the figurehead of this project, Lawrence Kerboff on the Metal Robot Podcast. What I want to do to start off this interview, especially when it comes to new guests that I've not had on the show before, is to introduce yourself, tell us who you are and what the project Legendarium is. My name is uh, Lawrence Gerbel. I'm from the Netherlands, and uh, the band Legendarium is uh, basically a project I started when I was uh, 17, back in 2017. Originally, I was just a guitarist, but um, over time, I also learned to sing and play bass because I really want to make my own music. But I, uh, I live in a very like small town, remote area, so it's really hard to find bandmates. So I couldn't find a bassist, couldn't find a drummer. So um, I learned myself bass. I learned how to sing so I could do um, bass vocals and uh, guitar myself. And then I just needed a drummer. So then I went on Reddit and I uh, I asked around for drummers and I came across Stefano, who lives in Italy and he was um, he's a drummer he's been drumming like since before I was born he's uh, he's been in pro in a, in a prog rock band for twenty years now where he's drums and he said he would uh, he would be willing to uh, record drums remotely for uh, uh, the first EP I did and that was like five years ago now and. 
he's still, um, yeah, I'm still working with him now. So that's kind of how the band started. Yeah. And it's pretty interesting that, uh, like that just being able to not, well, not being able to find the other members of the group and then having to be, and then being able to find Stefano, what was the notion that you had to find a drummer, especially given in the, this day and age where people can program drums? Was it that important to find somebody to actually perform live drums for well, the yeah, album? I, I, I think for the kind of music I make, uh, it's really important that it is real drums because uh, there's obviously a lot of uh, good music that has programmed drums. And I'm not saying that programmed drums are automatically bad. I mean, right. Typo Negative, Sisters of Mercy, all great bands that all have programmed drums. But for the stuff I want to make, it's I, I really wanted like an organic sound and I really wanted the real drums. And it's also, um, if I program drums, I'd have to program them myself. And I'm not a drummer, so I don't really know much about drums. And with stuff like Stefano, uh, st- the stuff Stefano is doing, like if if I make a song, I write the song and I uh, program some drums in so that he has kind of an idea of what I want. Mm-hmm. And then when I get the drums back from him, he has added all these kind of amazing fills and change-ups and things that I would have never come up with. So uh, having like a real professional drummer really adds another layer of uh, yeah, musicianship, actually. There's definitely a, a benefit to having a second music mastermind uh, behind the kit, basically, is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And it also makes it so that, um, yeah, you kind of get um, more different uh, approaches. Like uh, the one of the uh, one of the things I have now is because I play I play all the guitar parts and I play all the bass parts and I do basically everything. You kind of get like the same voice and everything, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like I'll do the same kind of things on the bass that I do on guitar, and it sounds a bit it it can sound a bit too similar. So it's nice to have another person there with another creative mind and another look on things who can also get his input. Yeah, I definitely agree that there's definitely a huge benefit to having uh, somebody be the being part of the band rather than just having to program everything. And this is coming this is coming from someone who has done it before, where he's had to create every aspect of his music. So I definitely think there is a, a huge benefit to having a second mastermind in there. But obviously, when it comes to working remotely as two members, rather than getting into the getting into like a garage or getting into someone's room and being able to uh, hash out a song out an album in the same room. Working remotely is definitely different, especially when it comes to the fact that the two members are separated by an entire continent or just German Austria. But you know what I mean? What's it like in that case, working remotely? Has there been any challenges to that? Um, yeah, there's been some challenges. One of the things that's pretty challenging is um, you don't really have that organic jamming vibe. Mm-hmm. where it's just uh, if you get together with a, a couple of guys in a room and you just start playing and what feels right and uh, and songs come out of that. It's more like I just have to write all the songs and when it's all done, I program drums for them. And I basically only send like finished songs to him where like um, I'll write the whole song and then um, I'll send it to him and he'll record drums. So it's it's like... It's not that uh, you don't get like that organic thing, like if you're jamming with someone. So that's kind of a challenge. And another challenge is that, well, like I've only talked to him uh, via email and some musical things are kind of hard to convey through email. Uh. Like if you don't, like if you can't explain it with like examples. Mm-hmm. So it's it's sometimes kind of hard for him to understand what I want and for me to understand what he means. But so far we've uh, we've all gone through it. So you guys haven't tried doing like a like a Zoom jam session, or is that not feasible? Um, yeah, we I I've thought about it, but like you also get delays with. Um, uh, yeah, true. That kind of stuff. So timing will be re- really weird and really off. So mm-hmm. I don't think that's really feasible. Fair enough. So. Yeah. So obviously the two of you still are able to, uh, even though you're separated by such distance and you've only t- chatted through emails, you've still managed to come out with quite a bit of stuff, which brings us to the new album, Death's Hand in Yours. It'll be the second full length that you've released this year and possibly even, dare I say it, even the most experimental with elements of mellow death, punk, some 80s synths in Black Magic, Touch of Evil, which one of the songs 
songs off the album, and even a straight-up pirate shanty with arcane magics of ancient origins, because why the fuck not? Uh, so what caused, in since this is the second album from this year, what caused such a change from the melodic power sound of Under the Spell of Destruction from earlier this year to a sound that's so experimental? Well, um, one of the things I've always done with the band is uh, the variety. Like, in previous albums, there's also like been a lot of variety where it's all it's always like the kind of melodic power metal sound, but sometimes there's just a straightforward punk song. Sometimes there's just a doom metal song, like stuff like that. So I've all I've always tried to make it uh, very varied. But one of the one of the things that really uh, made this one more varied than uh, the rest is that I've uh, actually learned how to do harsh vocals for the first yeah. <laughs> time, which is really one of the things that I really wanted to do, but I had no idea how to do them. But like um, in the last year, I've started to learn them and uh, being able to use those really adds another dimension to the music. Like uh, I think, yeah, four of the songs on the album also are just completely harsh vocals and I've tried to make them like a bit more uh, death metal inspired, like metal death inspired, because um, uh, in the past two years, I've gotten really into metal death, like bands like In Flames, At The Gates, Children of Bodom, and I really wanted that kind of sound in my music as well. So uh, just adding that whole dimension to more uh, death, metal, the death metal sound and the harsh vocals really added even more variety. And then um, what also helped is that uh, for this album, I really try to make it as varied as possible. Like I have a lot of weird interests and well, like this kind of music, this kind of music. And for the previous albums, I've always tried to make it like really as cohesive as possible within that. But for this album, I just said, fuck it. I want to do everything <laughs> I want to do. I don't care that I don't care if the album ends up all over the place. I just want to, I just want to put as many different sounds in as possible. Just throw everything but the kitchen sink at the wall, see what sticks, basically. Is that? Yeah, exactly. And th this is going to sound really weird. And I, I don't know how this is going to come off, but um, um, it, it it's kind of gives me the vibe of like uh, the Beatles albums, like uh, Sgt. Pepper's and uh, the, the White album, where every single song is just a completely different genre, basically, where it's like, somehow it works as an album and th that also kind of inspired me like not to say like oh the beatles did so i can do it but like <laughs> it, it it showed it showed to me that it is possible to make a good album where every song just sounds completely different and that it's not a problem that every song sounds different yeah, I agree. And I think what what worked for this album, too, is that, yes, there was a lot of experimentation, but it still sounded like a legendarium album. It still kind of had its roots uh, in the core sound that, make, that makes legendarium recognizable in some way. And with this album especially, I feel I might know the answer to this one because it's one of the most different ones on the album. But which song off this album was the hardest song on this album to be able to work on? Um, I think uh, Arcane Magic was really difficult. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that one was really, I uh, especially the intro. Mm -hmm. I had really never done anything like that before because the intro is really, I tried to really get one, uh, get like a medieval tavern feel like with a fake, uh, with the fake tavern noises and stuff and the, uh, all that kind of stuff. So that was really hard to figure out how to get that vibe right mm -hmm. like what instruments to use and all that stuff and another one that was really hard was um black magic touch of evil just because it's so many different parts mm -hmm. and it's basically two songs uh that i threw together and especially touch of evil is just a lot of different instruments i've even got a fucking saxophone solo at the end there so it's it, that, that was really hard as well just the, and the songs with a, uh, with a lot of different parts were really hard. Yeah, that definitely. <laughs> I almost forgot about the saxophone part. I don't know yeah. how I for could have forgotten about that. That's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Which, the, the, that's actually uh, a funny story how it came about because I have a um, I have a friend, an, an, an online friend. He's called uh, Jared, mm -hmm. and I, I've known him for quite a while on like Twitter and um, social media, and I knew he plays saxophone, and he he. 
um, I was basically done with the album. I was done with the album. I had everything done. And uh, he put out a tweet like, hey, if anyone wants me to play a saxophone solo on their album, just DM me. We'll make it happen. And I, I thought like, I can't, I can't, I have to take this chance. Yes. I right? So I, I went through the entire album looking for a spot and like the end of Touch of Evil, it was the perfect spot. It was just, it was begging for a solo. You know? <laughs> it was just perfect. So I, like, I I got into his DMs and we talked on Discord and like a week later he had recorded saxophone solo and everything was like it, it really happened in like a week, two weeks. It was amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it just needed it at this point. Like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it was so perfect. Like I had the perfect spot for it, and he was looking to, uh, uh, he was looking for an album to play on. So I was like, I this is this is one of those opportunities. I gotta take it. Like if if I hadn't taken it, I would have just been fucking kicking myself over. <laughs> I should have done it. Should have done this, man. We yeah, needed. And, I needed to get a saxophone here, man. Yeah, and the, and and, the, and that's like kind of also the um, the mentality behind the whole album. Like it, it was really like a kind of fuck it mentality where it was like um, just doing doing the things that I thought were cool and not caring what other people might think of it, but. Just because I wanted to do it, because I, I I thought it would be cool, like like the saxophone solo and the medieval stuff at the first uh, at the start of Arcane Magic and stuff. With the project of Legendarium on this album moving in such a direction that we've arguably never really seen bef- seen you do before, while still maintaining a hint of that fami- uh, familiar territory. What's up next for this project? What is in the future for Legendarium? Um, I think in the future it's probably going to be um, just keep going, just keep making music, keep um, um, keep doing and, and keep expanding the like the profile of the band, just make making better and make it better and better. I think, and I think everyone who's listened to Legendarium would agree, every album is better than the one that came before it, and. I want to keep it going. I'm thinking of the next album, what I want to do. And what I think I want to do is make it a bit more cohesive, make it a bit more one sound. Because um, uh, what this album has, it has four, it has four songs that are really, uh, are really death metal inspired. And then uh, six songs that are really just classic legendarium. And I want to kind of, Melt that together where you have um, where you have like songs with harsh vocals and clean vocals, and really make it uh, make all the different sounds I use make it come together more. Just uh, just incorporate it in a way where it just makes sense and it just becomes one cohesive thing. Yeah, I think that can uh, that can happen possibly in the future based on what I heard from this album. So one one final question for you before we go, and it's the most important question I always ask everybody. If you could be any cereal box character or cereal box mascot, who would you be? I'm I'm gonna have to um ooh, I'm gonna say Count Chocula. Of course. <laughs> Hell yeah. Like He's cool. <laughs> so, Lawrence, thank, thank you so much for coming on the show. The new album, Death's Hand in Yours, is out. Go check it out if you haven't already. Uh, Lawrence, anything else you want to shout out? Um, yeah, I want to shout out a few amazing bands that everyone should check out. You should check out Hexablood, a great um, uh, black metal band. Makes Witcher-inspired black metal. You should check out the band Moongazer. And you should check out um, the band uh, Hex and Cots. H-E-X-E-N-K-O-T-S. It's amazing. It's the weirdest shit you've ever heard, and it's amazing. So, uh, yeah, thank you for uh, thank you for having me. Of course. Yes, uh, thank you so much. And, of course, all those uh, all those bands will be down in the podcast description uh, for people to check out. So make sure, if you haven't done so already, check out the podcast description. See what is down there right now. There's a lot more that you can find. So, Lawrence, once again, thanks for coming on the show. Yes, no problem. Thank you for having me. All right, that was Lawrence Kerboff of Legendarium. The new album is Death's Hand in Yours. You can get it now. It's available anywhere you listen to music, including on the band's Bandcamp. I'll have that linked down in the podcast description, along with the other bands that Lawrence was shouting out towards the end there. Definitely worth checking out. 
I am curious though, uh, after finishing this interview, I'm curious to know where the sound of Legendarium is going to evolve to next, given just how all over the place it is right now. Now, that's not a bad thing, of course, but I am curious if he is going to make it more cohesive the next time around. I'm curious to know what Lawrence decides to keep and what he decides to get rid of for the next outing. Whatever that album comes out, whenever it comes out, whatever it might sound like, I'm sure I'll be surprised either way. You just listened to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. The Reign of Fire comes back around one last time to close out the show, but before we make haste for the gates, let me quickly tell you what's coming up next week. Two bands of completely different stripes, Jaude, a Toronto-based instrumental prog band, and Valkata, a global symphonic metal project. Plus, we'll get into next week's new releases, including Power Wolf and the week's biggest stories. In the meantime, though, thanks for listening to the Metal Robot Podcast. You can follow the show on the internet, YouTube, Metal Robot Reviews, Facebook and Twitter at The Metal Robot, Instagram at The Dot Metal Robot. You can also head on over to our hub online, TheMetalRobot.com, for more. Thanks again to Colin Sterling for coming on the show, Legendarium as well. Glad to have you join us. And of course, to you for listening or watching the show. Hope to have you back soon. I'm Tom McKay. If you enjoyed this episode and you want more, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And I'll see you in the mosh pit next time. Have a good night. Good night.